So as we get into our topic tonight, um, the question I want to start off by asking you all to consider is what does it mean to connect? When I say what does it mean to connect with others or to feel like connected, what do you guys think? Maybe, maybe an example of when you think, okay, what does it mean to connect with people or maybe ways that you felt connected? What are some ways or examples of that? Let's just kind of get the ball rolling here. Jason? Okay. Like sharing things in common, yeah, right? Yeah, just bonding, building relationship. What else? What does it mean to connect with others? Or maybe an example or just when you think of connection, what do you think? Connecting. Thoughts? Yeah, Luna? Talk freely with them? Yeah, be able to have conversations? Yeah, Brittany? Shaking hands, just... The old-fashioned hello, yeah, good. What else? You think of connecting. When someone says, hey, let's connect, what do you, what does that even mean? What does that look like? Yeah, Daniel? Okay, knowing each other. Okay, getting to know each other, right? A hug, okay, it depends on the situations, right? You don't just go randomly hugging people. Okay, yeah, Peyton? Finding common interests, okay, good. What else? Okay, Fortnite? Okay, relating to others. Yeah, Bronwyn. Okay, uplifting, encouraging others. I mean, when you think of connection, what are some other ways that people connect? Okay, yeah, computers. What else? Peyton? Yeah, social media, texting. I mean, I feel like I can't even keep up with all the apps anymore because, like, new ones come out and then they're cool for, like, a couple months, and then when I finally figure out what they are, then they just disappear. So I don't know. It's hard to keep up anymore. But one of the main ways that we often connect with one another is typically social media, right? I'm sure a lot of you, or some of you at least, have some different apps like you know, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, Be Real, whatever the things are. Any, what's that? Discord. Discord? Okay. See, I can't even keep uh, up with all of them. Well... The reality is, I'm sure many of us have some sort of connection online. And so let me just kind of throw a few facts out at you. It's estimated right now that 60% of the world uses social media. So over half of everybody on planet Earth currently uses some sort of social media app, which is about 4.7 billion people. 4.7 billion people on a daily basis are trying to stay connected online. And in case you're not familiar with numbers, that's a lot of people. 4.7 billion people are trying to stay connected. And when I read about some of those statistics, it tells me that people desperately want to connect with one another. Like over half of our world are connecting online. That tells me that we deeply have a desire to connect with others. We want to connect with people. We want to build relationships, have commonalities. It's deeply woven into who we are. It's in our DNA. No matter what you believe, where you come from, we all have a desire to connect with each other. 
And so some of this might be a little bit of a throwback already for you, but maybe some of you have heard of an app called Facebook. Anybody ever hear Facebook? Okay. Exactly. Well, again, I doubt many of you have heard of it anymore, but some of us can relate to this. I remember when Facebook first came out, and that was like, it wasn't the first social media, but it was like one of the real big ones that really hit the stage. I mean, I was still rocking MySpace. You don't even know what that is, but whatever. Uh, MySpace. It was a big deal if you made my top five, not going to lie. So you don't even know what that is. And fun fact, years ago, you actually had to go on a website to get on Facebook. It wasn't just like an app anymore. I know. Crazy, right? Well, so now Facebook Now, Facebook is owned by a company called Meta, okay? And listen to what their website says. Meta's mission is to give people the power to build community and bring the world closer together. And so their mission, essentially, is to build connections and build community. That's what they say is at the core of what they desire to do, build connections and community. Well, over the last few years, maybe you've heard of this like, thing called the metaverse, not the spider-verse, the metaverse, okay, where you can literally go online and have like this entire separate life. It's really crazy. And right now, there are 400 million people who are using metaverse. So 400 million people are like online, like they have this whole other like digital life and world and... Like, I was, like, talking to people the other day, and they're like, yeah, I'm on Metaverse. And they're like, yeah, I, like, went to the store and did these things. I'm like, you went to the store online? Like, just go to the grocery store, right? I don't know. It's crazy. But those numbers of people online are only increasing. And again, what's the goal? To find connection and community. And so the question that I have here is if social media, and that's just one example, if social media desires to bring real, authentic connection with so many apps and everybody using these things, if the goal is to build bridges and connect others, well, is it working? Well, I want you to think about this. When COVID hit a number of years ago, already now, of course, everybody went online. And the percentage of people who started using social media actually went up like 30%, which may not seem like that much, but in the grand scheme is a lot of people jumping online. And so if we are meant to connect best online, and within the last few years, more and more people are connecting online, then wouldn't that make sense that everybody should be doing better, right? More people are going online trying to connect, and their goal is to connect people then wouldn't that make sense then that people are happier, things are better? Well, the short answer is no. Because in all actuality, the rates of people facing loneliness, depression, anxiety, feeling disconnected in the last few years have actually gone up 65%. And, of course, there's a lot of factors. I'm not saying it's just that simple. But the reality that I want to kind of help you understand is the more that we try to solely connect online, the higher likelihood you're actually going to feel isolated and disconnected. The thing that is supposed to help you connect with others 
if that's your sole means of connecting, in all actuality, it ends up leaving you feeling isolated. And so why am I bringing all this up? Am I here to suggest that social media is the worst thing ever? No, you're like, oh, great, Pastor Nick's going to be like, you need to delete all the apps and all the things. I'm not here to say all those things. Okay, I'm not here to tell you that cell phones are the worst thing ever, right? That's not where I'm going with this. But here is my point. Here's my point. When we try to find true connection online, it will leave us feeling more isolated and actually disconnected. The very thing that social media attempts to achieve is the opposite of actually what happens. Their goal is to bring connection, and that happens, but to find true connection ends up leaving you feeling alone and isolated and disconnected. And so the lie that I want to address here tonight, again, we're in this series called Lenses, and we're looking at different lies that the world wants us to believe and looking at what God's Word says about those lies. So tonight, the lie that we're going to look at is this. I'm more connected when I'm plugged in. The lie is I'm more connected when I'm plugged in. And what I mean by that is the more I go online for whatever that means and looks like anymore, that's where I'm going to find true, real connection, ultimate connectedness. And so tonight, um, we're not going to be in one main passage. There's four principles that I want to look at in Scripture and so we're going to look at a number of verses tonight, okay? So I don't expect you to, like, be trying to find all of them, but feel free, I would encourage you to look up some of these. I would encourage you to write some of these notes down um, because I think this is important, and we're here to help you talk about these things, okay? So let's jump into this, okay? The first principle that I want us to understand tonight is this. Humanity longs for in-person community. Remember a few weeks ago we talked about the story of Adam and Eve Maybe you're like, that's a long time ago. All right, what I want you to do is open to Genesis chapter 2. So open your Bible to like the very beginning and just turn in like one or two pages to Genesis chapter 2. And if you need help, just ask a friend nearby, ask a leader. We'd be happy to help you. Genesis 2, verse 18. So before Genesis 1 and 2, here at the beginning here, God is creating everything in the cosmos. Okay, he created land, sea, animals, all of these. He forms Adam from the dust of the ground. And then we arrive at Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. So he created the universe. He formed Adam from the very dust of the ground. And then we arrive to verse 18. Does somebody, would somebody be willing to read verse 18 for me? Althea? Yeah. All right. God says it is not good that man should be alone. And let me clarify here. This isn't God making a mistake. He's not making a mistake, but rather God acknowledges that the job is not quite finished. The job is not quite finished. So what does he do? He puts Adam to sleep. He pulls a rib from him and uses that rib to create Eve. Wild story. You should read it. It's really fascinating. It's amazing. And it's true. But what I want to focus on tonight, and this specifically, is this phrase. God says, it is no good that man should be alone. And now again, context here matters because God is specifically 
referring to Adam and Eve. It's no good that this man, Adam, should be alone. But this depiction, what God says, points us to a greater application for humanity. And that is, we are meant to be in community. Humanity is not meant to be alone and disconnected. We are meant to be in community. God says it's not good that man should be alone. And so he creates a helper fit for Adam. And it doesn't matter if you're extroverted, if you're introverted, if you're young, if you're not young, public school, homeschooled, whatever. Wherever you come from, each and every one of us have a deep desire to feel connected and to find community. Because that desire for community reflects our perfect creator. The desire that we all have to feel connected reflects our creator, God. And so it's for this reason that there are tons of examples in the Bible where people express their longing to be together in community. I'll have this next verse up on the screen. 1 Thessalonians 2 says this, Dear brothers and sisters, after we were separated from you for a little while, though our hearts have never left you, we tried very hard to come back because of our intense longing to see you again. We wanted very much to come to you, and I, Paul, tried again and again, but Satan prevented us. And so we see here, Paul has this deep desire to be with them again. This intense longing to be with them. He wanted to come see them, to be together with the church. And this wasn't just a desire, it was an intense longing. And we could be here for a long time looking at examples of this, and this is just one of many. But again, we see examples all over the Bible of people expressing their desire to be in community. And I think that's why so many people, and maybe some of us, we go to such lengths and extremes to find community. And often, maybe you felt this way, you know what, even if this community that I'm in, whatever that may be, if this community that I'm a part of, even if it's less than ideal, then you know what, that's better than nothing. And we settle for whatever community we can be a part of. We so easily are settled for wherever we fit and find belonging. And so listen to this one quote. Paul Tripp says this, We weren't created to be independent, autonomous, or self-sufficient. We were made to live in a humble, worshipful, and loving dependency upon God and in a loving and humble interdependency with others. Our lives were designed to be community projects. Yet the foolishness of sin tells us that we have all we all have that need within ourselves, so we settle for relationships that never go beneath the casual. We defend ourselves when the people around us point out a weakness or a wrong. We hold our struggles within, not taking advantage of the resources that God has given us. And again, points us to this truth that we are not meant to be alone. We are meant to be in community. And so if you have this longing to be in community, to feel like you belong somewhere, that's not a bad feeling. Because you're feeling the exact way that God wants us to feel. 
if you've ever felt like, man, I feel like I'm having a hard time fitting in, I just want to fit in somewhere, well, that desire reflects our perfect creator, that we're meant to be in community. We're not meant to do life alone. And so that's the first principle, is we, humanity, it's deeply woven into our very DNA that we want to be in community. We desire community. So principle number two, true biblical connection to connect starts with Jesus. True biblical connection starts with Jesus. Turn a couple books to John chapter 15, okay? John chapter 15. So you can open your Bible in half. Just go a little bit towards the right until you see Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John, okay? John chapter 15. Again, if you need help, it's all right. Just ask a friend, ask a neighbor. John 15, and we're going to look at verse 4 and 5. So John chapter 15. John 15. Um, would somebody be willing to read verses 4 and 5 for me? Jason? Thanks, man. Yeah, you're good. John chapter 15, verses 4 and 5. Thank you. All right, so let's quickly do some study here. What word do you think is going to be important for us to understand? Abide. All right, everyone say abide. abide. Okay, say it one more time. Abide. Okay, if you see, again, pro tip, if you see a word appear like a thousand times in two verses that tells you that's going to be important, okay? And so the word abide here means this, to remain, to dwell, not depart, or like not go away, to be present, okay? So to remain, be present, not depart, not go away. And so Jesus here is saying that we are to abide in him, to be present with him, to be in relationship with him. We are meant to be connected to Christ. And he says in that verse there, apart from Jesus, we can't bear any quality fruit, or in other words, apart from Christ, we can't do anything of real, eternal value. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And what he means by that is apart from Christ, the things that we try to do for the sake of eternity just aren't going to add up. That's what we talked about, was it last week or two weeks ago, about good works. That's by grace through faith. And so let me just quickly paint this picture for us. Okay, so we... We're meant to be in relationship with God. Genesis 1 and 2 talks all about that. We're meant to be in relationship with God. And then because of sin, we are now separated from God. Remember, we looked at Genesis chapter 3. So we were in relationship with God. Sin disconnected us, separated us from God. Right? So we're with God. Sin separates, up, 
separates us. And now there's this chasm, there's this giant cliff in between us and God. And the only bridge that can bridge the gap is Jesus Christ. Again, not by our works, but by the grace, by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. Sin separates us from God. And no amount of good things is going to bridge that giant, Grand Canyon-esque cavern between us and God. And that's why Jesus says in John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus says, if you want to bridge that gap between us and God because of our sin, because of each and every one of your sin, it starts with Jesus. And if you want to truly find connection, if you want to truly feel connected in a biblical sense, it starts with Jesus. Because through Jesus, you can have a restored relationship with God. If you feel far from God, disconnected, it starts with Jesus. And so, if you're here tonight and you've never given your life to Jesus, if you've never placed your faith in him to bridge the gap, why not consider tonight, the night that you place your faith in Jesus? I mean, don't you want to be in a restored relationship with God who loves you so much? Well, that relationship starts with Jesus. And so once we place our faith in Jesus, once we've passed from death to life, the ultimate relationship that's been broken between us and God through Jesus is now restored, okay? So again, principle number one, we deeply long for human connection and community. Number two, true biblical connection starts with Jesus, which then leads us to number three. The local church is where we find true biblical community. The local church is where we find true biblical community. And so when we place our faith in Christ, we are adopted into the family of God. We are part of the body of Christ. And for those of you who attend our Sunday morning service, uh, Pastor Stephen talked about this a number of weeks ago, the body of Christ. And so when we place our faith in Christ, we become a part of the body of Christ. We are adopted, bought back into the family of God. And so now, turn to Galatians chapter 4. So a couple books over to the right. Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4, verses 5, 6, and 7. Okay, so Galatians chapter 4. And again, if you need help, just ask a leader. It's all good. Ask a friend. We want to make sure you know where we're at. Got it? Galatians chapter 4. All right, would someone be willing to read verses 5, 6, and 7?
I was like, hope I don't cramp up doing that. <laughs> don't you love this phrase? Uh, so that he could adopt us as his very own children. It's in Christ that we are adopted into the family of God. Because again, because of sin, the relationship between us and God is broken. It's severed. And nothing that we do can fix it. But it's through Jesus, his death and resurrection, placing our faith in what he did to restore this relationship then we become children of God. And so the church, the body of Christ, those who have placed their faith in Jesus, we are no longer separated from God. And it's because of Jesus we are purchased and bought back into the family of God. And I love how Psalm 68 says this, God places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. So because of Christ, we are placed into the family of God, the body of Christ. And it doesn't matter, when you place your faith in Christ, you become a part of the body of Christ then. And so what's amazing here is that God's answer for isolation is to put his people with his people. And we find true freedom and joy when we are connected into the body of Christ. And so let me pause and say, I'm not suggesting that you can't find community outside the church. I mean, we can find community, find connection outside of the church, outside of the body of Christ. But the kind of true, authentic community that the church offers is like none other. You can build connections and find community but true biblical community that the church offers is like none other because it's holy. It's the very body of Christ. And so, again, let me just be clear. When we place our faith in Christ, we become a part of God's family. And John 1 says, But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave them the right to become children of God. Again, it's through Christ that we become a part of the family of God. And so, let me be clear, when I say God's family, what is God's family? Well, 1 Timothy 3 says, The church of the living God were the pillar and the foundation of truth. What is the family of God? It's the body of Christ, the people who have placed their faith in Jesus. So again, you can experience community outside of the church, but you'll never experience true biblical community when you are a part of from the body of Christ, from a part of God's family. Because the body of Christ is amazing. You can have people from different ages, different backgrounds, different, you know, how smart you are, how many degrees you have. It's, it's the most diverse group of people in the world. And it's a beautiful picture of the very heart of God. And so let me just, let me make sure I'm clear here. According to what the Bible says... If you are not a follower of Jesus, if you've not placed your faith in him, then you are not a part of God's family. But praise God, it doesn't have to be that way. Because Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. So if you place your faith in Jesus, you can become a part of the family of God, the local church. 
And so that invitation is for each and every one of us. I had to respond to that invitation to place my faith in Jesus. And if you have placed your faith in Christ, then you are part of the church now. And you might be thinking, well, like, I'm a teenager. Does that mean I'm really a part of the body of Christ? If you place your faith in Jesus, if you understand what he did for you, then you are a part of the body of Christ now. You're not like a junior member of the body. You are a member of the church now. And the fourth and last principle is this. Online community is a resource, not an end-all. We are designed and called to be together in person. And again, I'm not trying to paint this picture that like social media, gaming together online is the worst thing. I'm not saying that that's terrible. I'm just saying if that's your end-all for finding community and connection, it's going to leave you feeling empty at some point. Because again, the lie is that digital online community is where you find true ultimate fulfillment. But that's a lie. Because you can connect with people online, but at some point, it's not going to fully satisfy you. It's like chasing after the wind, just like we talked about last week. And so listen to what Hebrews 10 says. And let us, not, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and do good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And so I love how the writer here is essentially saying, okay, how do we do what God is calling us to do? Okay, God has called us to something. How do we accomplish that something? What does it look like for us to follow after God? Well, he says, do not neglect to meet together. If you want to fulfill God's will for your life, you can't do it alone. We are required to do it together. And that's why he says, don't neglect meeting together. And you know what's amazing? Is even back in this time, when this book was written, people were still wrestling with, is church important? And that's why the writer says, don't neglect meeting together. Don't ignore gathering together. Because friends, we need to be an authentic Christian community. And you might be saying, well, I can find Christian community online. But again, online community is not an end all. If that's your only true source of community and connecting with others, it's going to leave you feeling empty. Because what's amazing is the word church in the Bible literally means the gathered assembly or the actual gathering of people, the physical gathering of people. So when the Bible says the church, referring to the church, that word literally means the gathered body of Christ, people getting together. And so the best way for us to do all of the things that God is calling us to do is to do it together. And I love what John says in 2 John chapter 1. He says, though I have much to write to you, I would rather not use paper and ink. Do you guys even know what that is? He says, instead, I hope to come to you and talk face to face so that our joy may be complete. And this is what he's saying. And, you know, back then, paper and ink, that was basically their version of, like, social media. Um, you know, I'm, I'm glad to see some of you are using pens. That's cool. I'm glad you guys don't know what that is. But here, John says, I long 
to come to you and be with you face to face, so that his joy may be complete. And so if you want to see complete joy, man, get the church together, get people together. And so again, I know there's a lot that we talked about, and there's a lot that we could talk about, and that's why I'm going to give you some time here in your small groups here to process some more. But as we kind of begin to wrap up here, let me just say this. This is what happens. People think we become more connected when we just solely go online all the time. We settle for texting, Snapchat, video gaming online, even watching church online all the time, maybe watching Christian TikTok videos, Christian Reels, whatever. We say, you know what, those things are like true community. But here's the reality. Living life online will not give you true biblical community and connectedness. And again, I'm not saying that these things are necessarily bad, Again, it's a throwback to last week in Ecclesiastes where Solomon says, if you're pursuing these things for ultimate fulfillment, they are going to leave you empty. And so if you're trying to find true connection, true fulfillment by just only Snapchatting people, texting, video gaming online, if that's your only true source of connection, then you're going to be left feeling empty. I'm telling you. Because that's the lie that it says. Hey, we want you to feel more connected. Well, if you live online, it's going to make you feel more disconnected at some point. And so I hope you see the point here that we're trying to make. Because here's the reality. Living online will not give you true biblical community. But here's the truth. Our God-given desire to be connected is found ultimately in Jesus and the local church. And that's where it starts. Our God-given desire to be connected... It's ultimately found in Jesus and the local church, the body of Christ. And so, before we dismiss the small groups, let me ask you this question, and I want you to think about this, okay? I know you're going to be like, hmm, whatever. Just think about it, and don't, don't say anything. Just think about it. I want you to think about your favorite food. I want you to think about what your favorite food is. Just think about it. Okay, now I'm going to make you all hungry, okay? Don't whisper it to your neighbor. Just think about it, Okay? Think about your favorite food. Think about it. Okay? Now, let me ask you this. Okay, you have that, your favorite food in your head right now? Now, think about this. Would you rather have a piece of paper with one of those little scratch and sniff things with that food smell? Or, or... Would you rather have a plate of that food right in front of you, fresh, ready to go? Right? I think all of us would say we want the food in front of us, right? You're, no, you're lying. You're, you're lying. Here's the reality. Here's the reality. Here's the reality. We so easily settle for the quick, easy things when God says, I want you to experience true, authentic community, and you don't want it. We're too easily satisfied with finding community in places that just won't, again, ultimately satisfy you. When God says, man, it starts with Jesus and connecting to the body of Christ. That's where you will find true community, where you're going to find purpose and hope and fulfillment. And so, friends, don't settle for the temporary, unsatisfying community online 
because we find an endless buffet of biblical community starting here with the church. Don't settle for cheap community. Settle and accept true biblical community. That's that's what God wants for you. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for this opportunity for us to dig into your word, to gather together. Uh, I pray that each and every one of us would consider what it means to place our faith in you and then to be connected into the body of Christ where we find true, ultimate purpose, our identity, and love. And God, I pray that as we head into small groups, we'd be able to process and kind of deeply um, discuss uh, maybe some of the ways that we've been hurt by online community or that we're trying to find our ultimate community in that. But I pray that we would find it in you first, Jesus, and that we would look to you in the body of Christ to find community in the way you've designed and desired for us. God, thank you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen.